Hello and good morning, everyone. Only positivity here. I'm ready to kick off um, the fourth podcast on this series that I'm looking to launch called Elevated Thoughts. Um, and, you know, quick level set. Um, so what I do here um, essentially is I go through some of the books I've been reading and I attempt to bring those lessons learned back into my life and relate them to a life experience um, that I had. Um, so I've been really in this realm where I'm, you know, pursuing knowledge and just hoping to gain deeper life experiences through knowledge, um, as well as self-reflection, self-reflection and self-observation. All right. So um, this is going to be the last podcast on the book Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, but, you know, before going into that, um, you know, I really want to share a story um, that happened this morning or share some events that happened this morning. Um, it has nothing to do with the podcast or any of those philosophical thoughts, but um, I think it just might be a funny way to start this off. So, you know, um, I, I I woke up this morning around like 7 a.m., and, you know, I, I try to read every day. So I got up, you know, I brushed and I brushed my teeth and just started reading. Um, so um, my dental appointment this morning was at 9 a.m. And, you know, that's what this story is about. So I, I show up there around 8.50. And um, quick background is that, you know, this particular dental office that I go to um, is all about that user experience, right? All about, um, you know, pulling the most out of that user experience um, because, you know, with Google reviews and Yelp these days, um, you know, can really make or break um, the success uh, of those types of businesses. So keeping that in mind, um, we'll just move forward with the story. So I walk in there around 8.50 a.m. And, um, you know, the, the receptionist behind the desk goes, Hey, good morning, so and so. And I go, Yep, that's me. I'm here for my 9 a.m. appointment. So, you know, we're on track. One point for you there. Um, I didn't say that, but um, that's what I was thinking in my mind because, you know, they're very overly enthusiastic, almost scripted when you go there. So, essentially, um, the receptionist asked me, So, you know, what'd you do yesterday? You know, yesterday was Valentine's Day. Did you do anything fun? And I was like, You know, I actually, uh, me and my fiance, we stayed in. We cooked dinner for each other, and then we actually we knocked out early, right? It's been a long week, so we just were catching up on sleep. Um, she goes, that sounds like so much fun. I'm so glad you guys did that. I'm like, you know, thanks. I appreciate that. So and she goes, what about today? You know, it's Saturday. What are you guys doing today? Um, and I was like, you know, um, I might go home. I might podcast a little bit. Um, then I'm probably get a, I'll probably get a workout in. And then I might even go visit my, my fiance's grandparents. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen them, so it'll be nice to catch up with them. She goes, oh, that is so nice of you. You're so great. Um, and I'm like, you know, wow, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, she goes, what about Sunday? What about Sunday? And I go, um, you know, I might go to my cousin's house for dinner. And then, you know, Sunday's my day to, you know, meal prep, grocery shop, just prep for the week. Um, she goes, yeah, you know, some of those administrative things. And I go, exactly. You get it. So then I'm going to ask her about her weekend or, you know, her Valentine's Day just so I can be nice and really hear what she was doing, what she's got planned. So that takes about 15 minutes, right? So um, then then I sit down in the lobby in the waiting area and, you know, there's a Keurig there, there's water bottles, there's Kleenexes, there's snacks. So, you know, they really have a good situation um, set up for you there. Um, and I can appreciate that. So after about five, ten minutes, um, this other lady in like a pantsuit comes out, which to me seems excessive, right? Where it's a, it's a dentist's office, but I get it, right? Um, so she has an iPad, and I also don't get why she has that because, you know, I showed up for my um, 9 a.m. appointment. So um, I guess there's nothing else to confirm, right? But anyway, so there's probably my patient profile on there. All good. So 
what happens is the receptionist um, hands me off to this um, like handler lady in the pantsuit. And what she does is she goes, hey, this is so-and-so. He's here for his semi-annual cleaning. Yesterday, he didn't do too much. Him and his fiance just stayed in. Um, you know, he was tired from the work week. Today, he might go home and podcast a little bit. And um, he might go work out and even potentially visit his fiance's grandparents because um, he hasn't seen them in a while. And Sunday, he just might get um, uh, dinner with his cousins and go grocery shopping. You know, t it's time for him to um, really set himself up for the week and meal prep and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, you really got all, you really captured all of that. Um, so, so she hands me off to this, um, this handler lady in her pantsuit. And then, um, so she walks me back, um, into the offices next to all the stalls where the hygienists are cleaning the other patients. Um, and then, so we get to, to my stall where my hygienist is sitting. Um, so once we get there, um, the, the handler lady goes to the, um, the hygienist. Hey, this is so-and-so. He's here for his semi-annual cleaning. Um, yesterday, with his fiance, they just cooked dinner for each other and fell asleep early. Um, going forward to today, he might go home and podcast a little bit, um, work out, and even visit his fiance's grandparents. On Sunday, it's just going to be his day to gather himself for the week, um, and he might even go grab dinner with his cousins. And then so I'm going to ask this handler lady what she's doing for the weekend because I don't want to be mean and I want to hear what she has to say as well. So after 15 minutes of the hygienist just looking at me and the handler lady converse, I finally get to the hygienist. So now um, I, I get in the chair, um, you know, I, they, they, they lean me back and she starts, um, you know, cleaning my, my teeth with that little scraper tool um, that you see. And I hate that thing. That thing is just a bad sign. Um, I don't like anything about it. So, you know, you know, normally when you go to the dentist, um, the hygienist is, um, she go, she's pretty, she's pretty soft with it or he or she is pretty soft with it, right? They, they're taking their time going around the curves, making sure you're not bleeding. You're probably going to bleed, but they're trying their best not to. Um, so I kid you not, this, this lady, um, she might as well have been stabbing me in the mouth with that thing because she was going so fast and was taking no caution as she was scraping my teeth. Um, and so for those of you that go to the dentist often, you notice that they have like a little squirt gun of water when they, when they're done halfway through or every few teeth, they'll squirt your teeth with some water and they have this suction cup thing that they say, you know, close your mouth and all the blood and the gunk goes in there. Right. I kid you not, every time she told me to close my mouth, it was like a stream of red liquid going into that tube. And, you know, I'm figuring there's something wrong here, right? But you know what? I'm, I'm not going to cry about this. You know, I'm trying to be macho about it. Um, while at the same time, this hygienist is telling me about her divorce that she's going through. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, you know, that, oh, dude, sorry. You know, well, damn. You know, like, it's like, it's hard for me to really, like, um, relate to that. But I'm, I'm trying to be there, right? I'm trying to be someone that she can talk to i guess but mind you i don't know any of these people so i'm doing my best while my mouth is open to be like uh-huh yeah i'm part you know like things like that so it's kind of tough but anyway i'm doing my best so so um finally she gets done with all of that right um all the picking and whatnot and she she leans me back up it's time to wait for the doctor um so by the time i'm leaned up 
um, I feel like my mouth has been through a world war, to be honest. Um, I don't know if that's offensive to say or not, but it, it, it feels that way. So I'm just sitting there waiting for the, the um, dentist to come. And like by this, I'm a little bit like... Um, I'm a little bit worn out by that that whole interaction. So um, I'm waiting there. The hygienist moves on to someone else and is cleaning their teeth in a stall next to me. Um, and I hear the divorce you know, conversation happening with that person. And I'm like, oh, damn. So anyway, um, uh, what happens after that is about 15 minutes later, the, the doctor comes or the, the actual dentist comes. And the hygienist comes back and goes, hey, this is so-and-so. Um, last night for Valentine's Day, him and his, uh, fiance, they just cooked dinner for each other and, you know, they just, um, they just stayed in. They were tired. Today, he might podcast a little bit. He's definitely going to go work out. Um, and he might even go visit his fiance's grandparents later. Um, tomorrow, he, he's just going to go, um, to his cousin's house for dinner potentially and then, you know, gather himself for the week. And I'm like, oh, you know, awesome. Love it. So then the dentist comes, and I'm going to ask him about his week, right? He said he was going to go get some hot pot later on. I'm like, that's awesome, you know? Have a great time. He literally doesn't even put any gloves on, just tells me to open my mouth for the most part, just looks in there. Um, he goes, did the hygienist say anything further than uh, that I need to do? And and so I just, I'm just on my way after that. And um, I honestly feel like I need to take a nap after that. But you know what? What I will say, um, I take positivity um, in all forms, and that was a very positive interaction that I had. So, like I said, not relevant to anything that I'm about to say in this podcast, but I thought it was a funny story. <laughs> okay? So, we're going to go back into the elevated thoughts um, cap or that mood. After I take this sip of my coffee. Um, so, anyway. So, getting back into the mood here. So today's episode is going to be diving into that fourth um, and final agreement um, that Dal Miguel Ruiz lays out, right? And he, these are four agreements that one should make to really attain that uh, mental peace um, in their lives. So the fourth, the fourth agreement that one should make is to always do your best. And you know, one thing I can appreciate um, about Don Miguel Ruiz and the way he does these things is that... Um, None of the agreements are hard to understand at baseline, right? Um, and like be impeccable with your word. Don't care about what others think. Don't take anything personally. Always do your best, right? So they're, they're, they're simple to understand, um, but there's some more, um, how do I put it, complicated structure behind them. But so, and so like I said, simplicity is key. If you can't understand it, um, it needs to be simpler. So. Um, this agreement, right, always do your best, really pulls the first three together. So the first three, being impeccable with your word, not caring about what others think, and not taking anything personally, really only work if you do your best to implement them, implement them right? There's going to be days where implementing those those agreements is going to be tough, right? You might implement them differently on certain days versus other days, but the key here is to always do your best, right? So um, what that means to me is really quality over quantity where appropriate, right? So, um, you know, bringing this back to an experience of mine um, in college and even in, and, and even in the first few mo months or semesters of grad school, right? So, um, you know, I used, to, I used to live in the library, right? I, had a, I was a, a, a man of routine. And, you know, I, I had a best friend that 
for the four years of college, we literally spent every waking moment together, minus like the times where we were, you know, sleeping because um, we didn't live together um, or when we were at work in our different areas. We we're doing the same job, but just in different companies. So I used to even feel bad if I wasn't in the library. So this is how my schedule went. So, you know, I'd wake up in the morning. Um, I would go to class. Um, I would go to work, um, go to the gym with my buddy, and then I would spend um, from like 6 to 10, 6 to 11 um, p.m. in the library. And so I have that I have that routine on repeat. And that there's there's beauty in that, like having a routine. And then I would I would take probably like from 11 to 12:30, 1 a.m. as just a relaxation hours. And you know my my I, I had later classes, so I was able to wake up around 10, you know, or so. So I it was just a little bit pushback. So you know honing in on that library time. I would I would just spend time there um, and not leave right thinking because if I left I'm not being productive right I need to be in the library and be studying all the time so you know there'd be times where um, I wasn't even studying right I was watching YouTube videos but I was in the library but um, there was also times where I would I would just memorize everything every single thing I thought that that was the way um, to succeed. Um, in college or in any in any realm, and it's really not because you don't learn things by rote memorizing, right? You you learn them by fully understanding them. So you know, a lot of our professors would be kind enough to give us mock exams. They'll be like, "Hey, look, the the um the exam's gonna be somewhat like this, but not exactly like this." So I would literally go over that exam so many times I'd be able to spit it out to you um, without even looking at the exam, and. Um, you know, I did well in college, but one thing that leads you to is the a lack of variability and a lack of ability to pivot um, when something else gets thrown at you. Um, so if if they threw in a different variable, if they threw in a different um, denominator, if they threw in a different um, quantity of problem, I, it would throw me off because it's not exactly cookie cutter like I had memorized it to be, right? So, you know, um, and rote memorizing really leads you to forget everything you learned Um so um, I did, like I did, I did succeed in college, but going into grad school, the coursework was different, right? I was taking less tests and doing more um, papers and, you know, term papers and theses and things like that. So I really had to understand the material. And that's not to say I wouldn't spend a lot of time in the library, a lot of time studying, but um, after a certain point, if I felt myself regurgitating things or just strictly memorizing them, I'd stop. It'd be my time break for the day. Um, and what I realized for a lot lot of time after I left college was that I associated um, this intense studying, this almost painful studying and memorizing with learning, right? I almost hated learning. I hated reading because that was something I didn't want to do. I had to like read all these things in college and high school that I had, not, I had no interest in. And um, I, I would just memorize them to do well on that test and then move on. Right, and that leads you to really have a distaste towards learning. And it was only not only until the recent few years that I really picked that 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 taste up for learning and that want to and the desire to learn more. Right. So, um, you know, just a story. You know, always do your best, but doing your best doesn't always mean um, quality over quantity, and it doesn't always mean quality over quantity. Right. It's just this is what it means to me. So, um, going back to the book, right. Um, Don Miguel Ruiz has another very powerful quote that, you know, it goes, um, do your best because doing your best always invokes taking action, but not for a reward, right? So um, 
when we when we do our best in things that like i said like he says it always promotes taking action always doing something providing a solution to a situation as opposed to complaining about it right we live life intensely because we are doing our best so people who are always 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 doing their best that doesn't mean you're stressed out that just means you're you're putting forth your best effort in every interaction so you live life intensely that way right? When I'm looking to always, always elevate or always try my hardest, I enjoy that action of excellence, right? And always coming to the table with my best effort, right? So for some people, it's different, right? And hopefully people get to the point where they're not looking for that reward. Some people do their best only for the reward or if that action is associated with an award, but not enjoying that action itself, right? So am I going to do my best to, you know, get a raise? Right? Or am I going to do my best because I I want to be excellent at what I do? Right? There's a difference there. Um, am I going to do um, this for that, or am I just going to do this because I like to do it? Right? And I want to be the best at it, or I want to do my best at it. Right? So um, I want to just talk about certain things. Right? Um, bringing this back to examples. Right? So my brother is um, one person who um, I think is very different than me and the way it manifests itself um, is like this. So my my brother is a physician, right? He's in, the, he's in the clinical field and he loves it. You can hear it in his voice, the way he talks about it. Um, his desire to learn is just there because he loves what he does. He's saving people. Um, he's really able to be close to his patient. He can see how when he betters himself, he betters the lives of his patients as well. Right. So th to me, that that's um, that's bulletproof. He loves it. There's no he'll, he'll take extra shifts um, to his already burdened workload because he loves it so much. Right. But you talk about me in my career. Right. I, I, I won't be one um, to hide that I work for money. Right. I'm in the corporate world. I don't save lives. I'm not clinical. I work for that paycheck. Um, and it's a difference, right? I, I have I have serious detachment from my work, right? I work 8 to 4.30, and I, I, I hard stop at 4.30, right? I get paid for those hours. I get paid for 40 to 50 hours a week, and that's what I'm going to do, right? When I come home and I do these podcasting things and I, you know, take pictures and I, um, you know, make these music videos that I have on my website, those are the things that bring me passion, right? Those are things that I, I know um, I can come home and be hungry for after a long day. But the difference here is that I'm not going to, I still have my accountability at work. I'm not going to ever, ever let my work quality slack because that's my brand, right? I'm going to, is to always do my best no matter what. I'm going to provide that excellence in any facet of life. Anything I endeavor upon, I'm going to do my best in that action. So there's going to be reasons later on in this podcast as to why we do those things but you know taking that accountability for being the best you can be at all times really opens up new doors for you and leads you to live life through an intense lens and that's what i'm all about so um you know a lot of people right and 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 are, are afflicted by this and it's a sad cycle so many people work right because they feel that they have to pay the rent um you know the bills support things um support their families things like that and they wait for the weekend, um, and when they get their paychecks, they might not even be happy with it, right? You know, after all the time I've put in, um, I definitely don't feel like my time is worth um, what they're paying me for at work. Personally, I don't feel that. Um, I don't. I don't know what my hourly rate is, but it's definitely not what I'm getting paid at work. So, um, the suffering comes though because 
I feel like I have to do it, right? Um, I need this paycheck, and that's where the suffering comes from. When, whenever you need something, there is this love-hate relationship with it, right? And that brings me back to even when I lived at home with my parents, right? I lived at home, and I needed my parents. I needed them because I didn't have anywhere else to live. I needed them for income at times. And, you know, they would kind of use that, and I hated that. I hated that I needed them. And then when we create that space, when I no longer needed them, we have a beautiful relationship now, right? So bringing this back, um, you know, we the suffering comes when we need something like that. And we feel like we have to compromise ourselves for these things um, that will keep us at bay, like, you know, bills, rent, and things like that. So people really will go to the weekend to escape that feeling of having to go back and work for that reward, right? We don't want to work for the reward because that leads to for, for us to honestly have a negative outlook on life because we need that reward. So, so let's throw a curveball in this situation, okay? Let's say that our brand was to always do our best no matter the reward, okay? So um, keeping the reward, and it's tough to do this, aside, let's do our best. So what happens once we do that, we're going to begin to enjoy our work because we enjoy how we push ourselves, right? Um, it's not necessarily um, the work itself, but it's the fact that I'm being excellent. So if we stay there, if we stay um, in that present moment and think about doing our best in that moment, the rewards will surely come. But we don't really associate the action with the reward anymore, right? So after a certain point, like I said, when we're doing our best constantly, that compound effect is going to take place, right? We're going to keep doing good things and good things are going to come to us because we don't have any other intentions other than to push ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. So, you know, one other thing to really know is that when you do your best, there honestly cannot be any regrets, right? Because there's literally no more that you can do than your best. And you are the only one that knows who your what what your best is, right? The, if you lie and say, you know, I did my best and you didn't, the only person you're really cheating is yourself, right? So we we'll use this. I'll use an example of Orange Theory, right? Orange Theory Fitness is one of those things that it's all on you. You can slack, right? You can slack throughout that class, um, but and no one's gonna no one's gonna yell at you. The the, the instructors are there to support, but they're not gonna get down on you. The only person you're really cheating is yourself. Um, and you're paying to go there. So it definitely serves you to do your best, right? And as you do your best, those rewards will come, right? As I, you know, let's say my, my all-out pace or my push pace was a 7.5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my best every month. I'm going to push that to 7.6 to 7.7. And before you know it, my push pace is, you know, other people's all-out pace. Not that I'm competing, but like I said, I'm constantly in that moment trying to do my best when I'm there. And then as you see, the results come, right? My cardiovascular is improving. Um, I can see the results in my body, things like that. Um, and you are the only one who knows what your best is. So going forward, when you're doing your best, you're also self-reflecting. So after after any type of interaction, right? Let's say, let's say in this example, it was an uh, interaction um, where I thought I did my best and maybe I fell short, right? What that leads me to do is do the, the post-mortem, right? And you evaluate what you could have done, if anything, in a better way. So you open yourself up to that improvement when you always do your best, right? Because 
you know, let's say at, at work, I did my best to coordinate with this person, this person, this person to get that done, but somehow it still didn't get done. So like, what could I have done to improve that? And that's learning. That's you being a student throughout your life. And that can carry forth into my relationship, right? You know, I did my best to be open and honest about this situation and it still wasn't taken well. So what can I do now? What more could I do? If there's nothing more to be done, then there's nothing more to be done. But at least I had that conversation and thought of ways to improve, right? So once you make that agreement in your life, you begin to enjoy doing your best, right? And I, I talked about that. It begins to make you happy. So I'm going to use another story here. Um, so a lot of my fr my good friends have been getting married you know, over the past few years. I'm 28, so we're in that, that range where people are getting married, potentially starting to have kids too. So, um, you know, at, at I'm Indian, right? So at these Indian weddings, it's standard for the groomsmen to do a, a dance, right? And, you know, I, I've grown up dancing. My parents put me in dance classes. Um, I, I danced in college. I was on dance teams and stuff like that. Uh, and um, I, so I, I'm, well, you know, you say, quote, unquote, I'm okay at dancing. I'm good at dancing. Um, and, I, and, I, and I enjoy it. I, I love it, right? But, you know, the, the thing here is that not everyone is at the same level, right? There's dancers way better than me. There's people worse than me, what have you. So that applies to my friend group, right? There's some that are better than others. There's some that are worse than others. But what I generally hope for that group when we do dances and, and what they've been doing is whether you're good at the dance or not, do your best at it. And when you do your best at it, you're going to enjoy it, right? You're going to have that energy come to life. And, you know, all my all my boys, they, they enjoy it. They know they're not good at dancing. And some of them are. They know they're not the best. But what they do is they enjoy it. And I love that. That gets me buck. That gets me hype. Those are my guys because they're giving their best effort, right? So that, like I said, that energy carries over into the crowd, carries over into me and to everyone, right? So, you know, that's another example we can use of once you once you make that agreement, I'm going to do my best, everything kind of turns positive for you. So on the contrary, right, on the other side, inaction, that's the way we deny life, okay? So inaction is coming home, sitting in front of the TV for years and years and not taking a risk, right, of, of expressing really who you are because you're kind of afraid to do it, right? Doing your Doing your best and taking action is how we self-express, right? So I'll say this. I, I, I love to watch TV, right? I'm And I'll be... Anyone who really knows me will tell you I'm a huge fan of mob movies, right? Peaky Blinders is my shit. Like, I love Peaky Blinders. I've, I could pretty much repeat the dialogue to you of any episode on any season. I binge watch it. I love the Godfather series. My dad um, was watching that as I was a kid, so I grew up watching Godfather. Um, Goodfellas, The Sopranos, Donnie Brasco, you know, all of these mob movies – I'm I'm a huge huge fan of them, and what I really like to do is is visualize the art in them, right? Um, a lot of these, uh, you know, these antiheroes, Tommy Shelby, uh, Don Corleone, Michael Corleone, um, all these all these folks, right? They are all these actors or characters. They are they are victims of war, right? PTSD, and they don't know how to mesh back into normal life, and um, you know, there's there's nuances of day to day life that don't occur in war. And them adjusting to that really, in, uh, really intrigues me, right? I watched this movie the other day with um, Joaquin uh, Phoenix called uh, The Master, and that one was so interesting to me. Um, how he, you know, turned to alcoholism. He couldn't stay in one spot because of his alcoholism and his PTSD. So um, I enjoy watching TV, right? But it's because I want to. 
right? I enjoy it, and that is me taking action there. But if I came home and just numb myself by, let's say, watching The Office like people do. I do that too, right? When I'm eating and stuff, um, I'll just watch The Office. And then you just kind of put it on in the background, and you're just watching that TV for like you know, 10, 15 episodes. Hours are going by, and then you go to sleep, right? Um, so you want to make sure that you're not just, like let's say in this example, watching TV because expressing yourself is going to be too hard right um you know as as the winter here in chicago is long and you know it's 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 burdensome so i i can't sit in front of the tv but i can't be outside either so i started picking up this podcast stuff and making music videos um and taking pictures because that's a way to for me to express myself right i get a lot of pushback from people about the things i do in this podcast the things i talk about but i'm doing my best to be you know a better person reflect read things like that talk about the things i'm reading share it with others and things like that so be yourself right that's the point of it. be yourself say no when you want to say no and say yes when you want to say yes right and so when you always do your best everything becomes a ritual and it's important to you because you're vested in that excellence right so Everything for me, if I'm going to really endeavor upon something, I'm going to do the research. I'm going to do my due diligence and I'm going to do that thing well because that's my brand. That's my that's my commitment to myself, right? And I'm going to leave you with a, a, a few points, right? Because I've been, I've been talking for a while. We don't have anything to prove to anyone, right? We're born with the right to be happy and express ourselves. Powerful statement right there, right? You don't have anything to prove to anyone. And that's that's my life mantra, right? Anyone um, who who has anything to say doesn't pay my bills. Um, you know, they don't they don't put the roof over my head. Um, and even my parents and you know my close relatives and things like even my friend, no, they don't have a say in what I do, right? The only person I answer to, like I always say, is my best friend and my fiance, who is also my best best friend. So they're the only two people who I'll heed advice from. But I have the right to be happy and I have the right to express myself. So I'm going to leave you with just be you and enjoy taking the risk of living life the way you want to. And remember, only positivity. Thanks, guys.